I picked up the January 1st edition of Time magazine. And much to my surprise, I discovered I was the person of the year. And so here it is. I didn't realize it, but I was happy to know here at the turn of the year that here Paul Phillips was the person of the year. They pick somebody every year and they've had a lot of noble choices and they couldn't have picked a finer one this year. Then you. Yes, you, it says. You control the information age. Welcome to your world. And then on the inside cover, it says this. The person of the year. Yes, you. Who else? You change the way we see our lives and the world we live in forever. Isn't that amazing? I didn't realize I had done all that stuff in this past year, but apparently I have. And you've uh, participated with me when I turn on my computer. I'm immediately confronted with the options like my calendar. My documents, my pictures, and then there's a little uh, icon that tells me if I have information or letters in my inbox. If I listen to my iPod, I select my songs from my favorites. One of the most popular websites, particularly for young adults, is called MySpace. You see, we we live in a culture that's dominated by itself. We're consumed by what we think about ourselves. And we have to have all of ourselves out there, either on the Internet or we've got to have it in our iPod or we've got to have it in our computer. Last week, I see that uh, this idea of yourself being promoted as the pinnacle of everything that we are It's easy for that to slip into the doors of a church. And so I watched a well-known church service last week on television and the musical guests sang this popular song. I believe I can fly. And I didn't realize the artist R. Kelly had any real deep theological tone to his message. And I can believe I believe I can fly. So I decided I'd listen to exactly what R. Kelly was trying to say here. And I realized that he was saying something, much like the culture culture says, in this wonderful singer who had a beautiful voice, belted it out in front of thousands of people in front of them and maybe thousands more on television. This line, if I can see it, then I can do it. If I just believe it, there's nothing to it because or if you're R. Kelly, you say because I believe in me. And there we are in a church service. And what are we saying? We're saying the exact same thing as the culture. We're here. Even in a church service, we can't get away from promoting ourselves. We're here to remember who we really believe in. And in this service and for thousands of people who after the person sang, they just erupted in applause to say, yes, That's what I believe. I believe in me primarily. Well, Genesis 3 tells us that we've displaced God from the center of our being. And when we did that, we became like Narcissus. We fell in love with our own reflection. And now we can't get our eyes off of anything else but ourselves. Even in the church, it's, it's difficult to stand back and try to appreciate 
the, the Holy One of Israel, the Almighty God. Because even in worship, we come together and we applaud mostly when we lift up ourselves in some way or form and not the eternal beauty or value of God. I say all this during this sermon for the capital campaign, because any time we call together to give sacrificially, this kind of question comes out. Why exactly are we here? What exactly am I doing? What what's my purpose? You know this as well as I do, just kind of in a funny way. You've got to face something hard. And right before you step through into the difficulty, you turn around and you ask somebody. Now, tell me again why I'm doing this. I, I just need one more reminder. Help me to know why this sacrifice is going to be worth the few steps forward. This is the question Abraham Lincoln tapped into in the Gettysburg Address, right in the middle of the Civil War, 1863, he stood on this battlefield in Gettysburg. And he said this four score and seven years ago, meaning the beginning of the nation, our fathers brought forth on this continent a new nation conceived in liberty and dedicated to the proposition that all men are created equal. Now we are engaged in a great civil war, testing whether that nation or any nation so conceived and so dedicated can long endure. We are met on a great battlefield of that war. Of all the things Abraham Lincoln could have said, what does he do? He goes back and he reminds these people in the midst of the most difficult circumstances that our country has ever faced. He said, let's remember why we why we are here. Let's get our purpose down, because in the middle of a difficult situation, you want to get another purpose. And he goes back and he says, no, this is why we're in existence. And during a capital campaign, especially in your first building, there's a sense of of stepping out into the unknown. There's a real possibility for failure. There's equal amounts of excitement and anxiety. And I think it's important for us to remind ourselves, why are we here? What's Christ Community Church's purpose? I mean, that's the question that got asked. Five years ago when we began the church at our first meeting, why do we need to exist, Paul? That's the question that gets asked in an inquirer's class. That's the question that's being asked right now at this point in our history. Now, remind us again, why is it that we have come together? What's our purpose? Well, we've already stated it. One, in the front of the bulletin, it says what Christ Community Church's purpose is. We affirmed it in the affirmation of faith. That our purpose is, our chief end, is to glorify God. In the Old Testament, the word glory means weight. And so when David in Psalm 19 says this familiar phrase, the heavens declare, what do they declare? The glory of God. In other words, all of creation is giving weight to the reality of God Almighty. When you walk out and you see the creation, you say there's something weightier out there than just me. I just couldn't get this stuff together on my own. And so everything is meant to bring weight to or give glory to God. 
This morning, I want to remind us that the name of God. The name of God is the deepest soil in which we can plant ourselves as a church. Our purpose isn't much different than different than the heavens purpose. We are meant to declare or give weight to God's existence. And so we purposely planted ourselves in this infinitely deep soil, the name of God. And not in the dust of ourselves. We're not here raising up ourselves. We're we're this thick. And God is infinitely deep. And so we're planted ourselves in his name. And therefore, the people of God who are planted in this kind of soil can grow like an oasis in the desert. So that when we walk out of this building, people will say, I'm dying out here. I'm dying in this superficial culture of believing in myself. Where can I go get a drink of water? And because we planted ourselves in this infinitely deep soil, praising God's name, giving weight to his reality, then we're going to be an oasis for people who are dying. And people in Wilmington that are in churches are dying for this. Because they go to places that lift up and sing and applaud, believe in me. And we're not here to do that. We're here to lift up and to give weight, all of our weight to the glory and reality of God Almighty. Now, what I want to do briefly is just look through a few Bible passages, which we've listed here in the handout. And, and, and I, I could have picked hundreds more. But I, I'm just sort of clipping the tops of these somewhat familiar stories. Just to sort of whet your appetite to get the idea that, gosh, I may have been reading my Bible and, and missing this aspect of it. It's all over the place. And we're just going to look at a, a few of them today and we'll make some applications for ourselves. Exodus nine, verse 15 through 17 Moses has come back from the desert. He's been in 40 years and he's come back to Egypt and he's in this process of of getting the people to leave Egypt. And we're right in the middle of the 10 plagues in Exodus nine. And the Lord speaks to Pharaoh about letting his people go. And he says this, for by now I could have stretched out my hand and struck you. And your people with a plague that would have wiped you off the face of the earth. But I raise you up for this very purpose, that I might show you my power and that my name might be proclaimed in all of the earth. Why doesn't God make swift work of Pharaoh? I mean, why, why not just one plague? I mean, is is Pharaoh just sort of so difficult and not to untie that even God has got to take some time? And golly, I just thought the first plague would do it, but I wouldn't shoot. We've gotten to 10 already. I mean, is that the idea? No, we know it's no, because it couldn't be any clear in the text. Why is God doing what he's doing? What is his purpose I could have wiped you off the face of the earth, but I've raised you up 
for this purpose. What purpose? Tell me, and I want you to see this. This is so important. The ground that God is operating out of. The purpose God has here is that his name might be proclaimed in all of the earth. The main point in the Exodus was not for God to save a people. He does that in the Exodus, but that's not the thrust of the Exodus. The main point of the Exodus is for God to make a worldwide reputation for himself. That's the purpose of the Exodus. Do you see how different that is? It's not man-centered. The Exodus itself does save men, but it's not man-centered. It's God-centered. And it's so easy, easy for us to say, it's all about us. Everything he's doing is for us. Well, we get swept up in this, but the purpose for God is to proclaim himself across the world. And you see it. You see it in Joshua chapter 2. Remember when Joshua comes in and he meets Rahab? And they're going to take over Jericho. And what does Rahab say? We have heard about you. We have melted because of what your God has done back in Egypt. So the Lord is being proclaimed all over the earth. And we know it right now. You've got Disney movies and you've got Charlton Heston and you've got all numbers, numbers of other kinds of things that are still illustrating what? God's power, God's glory. And those events are giving weight to the reality of God. That's what he's trying to do. God is trying to wake up the whole world to his reality. He's not primarily working for the sake of the people, but for a reputation for himself. So our purpose. Christ Community Church's purpose. Is this same purpose. We exist to lift up and give weight to God Almighty and not ourselves. First Samuel twelve nineteen through 22. We fast forward some 400 years. The people of God have entered in first to Jericho and then spread out into the land of Canaan. We go through the book of Judges where every man did what they thought was right in their own eyes. And then we come to this part in Samuel, 1 Samuel 12, that the people of God have decided they want to be like other nations. Remember this? They've rejected God as their king. They would like a king like the other nations have. And Saul, and they pick Saul, or the Lord has chosen Saul on their behalf. And here in 1 Samuel 12, Samuel sort of gives a bit of a farewell speech and sort of an inauguration speech at the same time as Saul steps into his role as the king. And he reminds the people of the evil thing that they have done. In verse 19, the people recognize the evil that they've done because they say this, pray to the Lord your God. You hear that? They're asking Samuel to pray to who? You see how they've created a distance? Pray to the Lord, your God. See, we just don't want him to be God anymore. We want a king to rule over us. Pray to the Lord, your God, for your servants, 
so that we will not die. See, they understand they've done something terrible. We have added to all of our other sins the evil of asking for a king. And we need to ask this question now. How does God respond to people who have rejected him as king? See, see, that's the question the whole world must lean over and ask. When the world has rejected the creator as king, how is the creator going to respond? It's exciting because you see here in this passage the gospel in the Old Testament. Look what he says, what Samuel says to the people. He says, do not be afraid. Even though you've done all this evil, even though you've rejected me as your king, even though you know and I know that you deserve death, instead he sees. Or instead, Samuel says, don't be afraid. Even though you've rejected me, I'm still drawing near to you. It's impossible. These people had every benefit and now have rejected God as their king and they understand it. What would the king do in the midst of this? And he says, don't be afraid. That's the gospel. What you should be is terrified of this living God. It's a terrible thing to fall in the hands of a living God. Unless that God is saying, don't be afraid. And we see the gospel here in the Old Testament. Why? And now this question, why is God drawing near? That's great news, but why is he drawing near? What's the the ground of his operation to be drawing near to these people? What's the purpose for God acting in this way? Is it because he loves these people? Is that his primary motivation? Is that the ground in which God is operating out of his love for these people? And the answer is. No, that's not the base of his operation any more than it was in Exodus. Verse 22, the Lord will not reject his people for. The sake of his great name. You see, God's first love is rooted in. In the value of his own name. And then he operates out of that infinitely deep soil. To say to people who have rejected him, do not be afraid. So what God values most is his name. And as we come together as a church. We are lifting that value up, saying what we value as a church most is his name. Ezekiel 36. We're fast forwarding again another 400 years. The people of God have rebelled. They've not just rebelled now against the king, but they've rebelled against God's name and they've done all kinds of wicked things. And God has punished them by bringing in the Babylonians and the Assyrians God has driven his own people out of the land that he promised and provided. And now the people are back in slavery, just like they were in in Exodus. Verse 20, for it was said of them, the Israelites, this is what other people were saying about the the people of, of God. These are the Lord's people, and yet they have to leave this land. 
And God responds, I had concern for my holy name, which the house of Israel profaned among the nations where they had gone. Therefore, says, therefore, say to the house of Israel, this is what the sovereign Lord says. It is not for your sake, O house of Israel, that I'm going to do these things, but for the sake of my holy name. The people of God are taken out of slavery. They're taken out of Egypt. They're given a good and prosperous land for what purpose? To raise up the name, to give weight to the reality of God. And they reject it. And ironically, they get back into slavery. Now, I want us to just picture ourselves just for a moment, be difficult, a person that lives in this time. We know all of the history that's gone before us. God has done some incredible things, and now we have been the people who have profaned God's name and said we really don't want him as the king. And the consequence of that is now I'm 800 miles away from my starting point, and I'm a slave again. And you're saying it's hopeless. We can't possibly defeat this army. And I haven't just ruined it for myself. I've ruined it for my child and his child and his child. And you would sit there and say, what is my hope? And the answer is here, when all hope is gone, one hope remains. And that is that God would operate out of the desire to give weight and glory to his own existence. Look in verse 22. Therefore, say to the house of Israel, thus says the Lord. And when you when you hear that as the house of Israel, you're wincing. You're thinking, "Uh oh, here comes the eternal blast. Thus says the Lord. Incredibly, unbelievably, amazingly, impossibly, you and I are shown mercy. It is not for your sake that I'm going to do these things, but for the sake of my holy name. So, again, we see the ground that God is operating out of the from the beginning of time. He's always made himself as the starting place. He's not making you the starting point. He's the starting point for everything. And so the purpose of human history, the purpose for your individual existence, the purpose for the existence of Christ Community Church is to give weight to. The name of God. To lift up his reality in a world that does not want to recognize it. John 12, 27 and 28, our final example of this. We're now in the last week of Jesus' life. He has already come into Jerusalem in what we call the triumphal entry, riding in on this donkey in this great parade. And we come to John 12, 27. And we see that Jesus is acutely aware of this terrible weight that maybe like a dark cloud just begins to approach in a way that is heavy. And we listen in, listen to what he says. Now my heart is troubled. What shall I say? Shall I say, Father, save me from this hour? You see, you hear the same wrestling match in the Garden of Gethsemane. I see this weight coming on me. 
I see the cross in in my future. And and part of me, the the human side, I, I don't want to bear this. I don't want to go through this. Should I just say, Father, save me from this hour? Will he be the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world? Look, look, look closely. Will I say, Father, save me for this hour? No. No, I won't. It was for this very purpose I came. What purpose, Jesus? Jesus, why are you here? What are you doing here? And he answers it so clearly. Jesus, are you just here for me? Are you going to the cross for my sake? And what's the answer? Not primarily. I'm primarily going for God's name and His fame. And so when I am lifted up, I'm going to get the whole world's attention off of themselves. They're going to stop staring in the glass water and amazed at their own reflection. And they're going to see Jesus Christ lifted up. And the whole world one day is going to see it. Philippians 2, one day, even if you don't have your face off of your own reflection, one day you will. Every knee shall bow. And what are they going to do? They're going to give weight, all of their weight, to the reality of the risen Savior. And so we see Jesus' own purpose. You've heard this hundreds of times, and I'm not trying to diminish it. I'm trying to put it in the right place. Jesus Christ died for you. That's underneath Jesus Christ died for the glory of God's name. You see, if you put that first, then you begin to put yourself first. And you begin to sing inside of a church, I believe in me. In Christ's community church, its purpose is to lift up the name of God Almighty. And when that is lifted up, all people can be lifted up. If I am lifted up or you are lifted up, nobody can come underneath that. But the whole world can come underneath Christ being lifted up and Him lifting up God's name. Let's be honest. We live in this culture. And we're not somehow just a part of it. We're just saying, yeah, those bad people out there. We like people noticing us. Some of us work pretty hard on Sunday mornings just to make sure we're all squared away. Just in case somebody might be there to notice me. It's just part of our DNA. And we have to have some place that helps us shed that, even if it's just for a moment, and say, you know what? It's not about me. I need to get my face off the screen. It's not about my space and my favorites and my calendar and my inbox. 
It's about God Almighty. And if we don't have a church that's going to do that, the culture is never going to do it on its own. And so why is Christ Community Church here? As we step through this threshold into building a building and hopefully hundreds of more people coming to hear the news of Christ in some form or fashion. You're going to be asking yourself as you write a check or you make a pledge. Now, Paul, now remind me again. I mean, why am I doing this? You're not doing it for me. You're not doing it for you. You're doing it for God's name. That there might be some place in this town that's lifting up God's name 